So the reading this morning comes from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7, which is on page um, 310 in the Church Bibles, as I usually do. I'll uh, read nice large print digitally. Um, yeah, let's pray before we read. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that your word is living and your word is sure. And we pray that uh, you would, uh, uh, that it would be living in our hearts today as we listen to your uh, great power and great promises from your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is about King David. Um, after the king uh, was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he, sa he said, David said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I haven't dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I've moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers, uh, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people shall not oppress them any more as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all of your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. When he does wrong... I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me, your throne should be established forever. Nathan reported to David 
all the words of this entire revelation. And I'm sure he said, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Martin, thank you. Please keep that passage open in front of you, whether you're at home or whether you're actually here today. Um, and let's uh, pray for the Holy Spirit to be at work amongst us now. Um, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be here now to shine a light, Lord, on our hearts where, uh, Lord, we need to change. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, as your Spirit, Lord, would lead us into all truth about our Lord Jesus Christ and that you would encourage us as we get ready to celebrate your coming, not in judgment, but in peace and in joy and in reconciliation. Uh, Lord, build us up, I pray, that we might know that joy and comfort, uh, whatever we bring today. Amen. Uh, so you're on page 310, I think. Keep that open. And whilst you're checking that, can you uh, tell me what your favourite uh, Christmas song is? Now, I know you'll all stick your hand up and say, In Christ Alone. If, you, if you've been here for 18 years. But if you haven't, and it's just what you're listening to on the radio, what is your favourite Christmas song? This is the only bit of interaction you're going to get, so you might as well make use of it. Yes, please, Jenny. Well, thanks very much. Katie, is it? Wait, what? Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift. I thought I was a Swifty. I'm clearly not. Has anyone else got one? I, is, I don't recognise that one. Naomi, what's your favourite? Which one? The, the Holly and the Ivy. That is a nice one. Anyone else got a radio one? Martin? How I long to hear the Knights of Harmony singing Hark the Heralds Sing. Karen? The Carol of the Bells. Like, you guys are really proper. Do you know what my favourite is? Chris Rear driving home for Christmas. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's good that wasn't on the form when I applied for this job. Chris Rear driving home for Christmas. Let me tell you why. It's because that song is about leaving behind the stress of the city uh, I used to be in, the work, the relational carnage, and it's about going home for rest. And being on the way to that home rest, you see other people on the motorway who are also stuck in traffic, but you don't mind because you're going home for rest at Christmas. I love that. There are a lot of songs that we have that celebrate, especially at Christmas time, that break from hard work, from grief, from pain. Um, I also like Ed Sheeran's Castle on the Hill. You know, when he's driving at home down at 90 down those old country lanes. And, and there's a sort of tinge of sadness about it as well, because he also talks about his parents didn't really raise him, his friends did, and actually some of those friends are now dead. But it's still great to be going home for rest. One of the key elements of Christmas, isn't it? is being having that home rest. It's what we spend, or what we're expected to spend, about £27.6 billion on this Christmas. Uh, that's what we, we spend that money on the gifts and everything to manufacture that home rest, don't we? It's what the adverts go for, isn't it? You don't see adverts for the, for the, for the supermarket that contain uh, the grief or the suffering, or the hard work, or the fear of just getting out the door, do you? What do you see? The table with the food, and the family, and the friends, and they're all laughing, and they're at rest. That's what we long for at Christmas, isn't it? We long for that home rest, but the reality is, 
the reason why we throw so, so much money at it uh, is because it doesn't come easy or cheap, that home rest. In fact, Christmas might be totally unrestful and unhomelike for you, even if you've got family and it's all fine. The mental health organisation Mind lists a few reasons why the Christmas season is anything but home, home rest, but instead affects your mental health. Maybe it's money worries, practical issues, people who have died, loneliness, difficult situations and relationships, society and just the outside world, access to support and services being difficult, being in hospital maybe. And they've missed the big one. Home rest is destroyed by my own sin, my own selfishness. Cross about people not satisfying my desire for that home rest. Not giving me the recognition or the help that I think I should have. Or maybe they just can't get the roast potatoes right. Which leads you to have a tantrum which my family still joke about. Some people are convinced they are without sin, and as a minister, I go to three places to convince them that they do have sin. Number one, when you are driving on your own. Are you always kind and loving? Number two, when you're on a computer by your own, are you always looking at what you should be looking at? Number three, the third day of the Christmas holiday with your in-laws or your siblings. The danger for us as Christians is we get lost in Christmas looking for that home rest that we long for in all the wrong places. What's God got to say about that? The theme here in this passage, one of the high points of the Bible, is great David's greater son, Jesus. We want to see him and we want to wait for the home rest of God's promised king. It's going to help us wait for that. Why should you listen to this? Because it's the word of God, but also this specific passage gives us optimism and joy for the future, no matter what we've got now. And several of us are grieving at the minute for Joe, for fathers, for friends. Listen, it's been almost a thousand years by this point of the Bible. Sorry, this part of the Bible uh, is about a thousand years before Jesus arrived. Uh, so, if this is Jesus here, uh, this is written about where Karen is, and we would be probably a bit beyond Andrew Main. And so we're starting, here's Jesus, we're going back a thousand years to this bit that's written about to as King David, of God's people, a great man. Uh, this is the man, David, uh, who God reminds us in verse 8, can you see that? That he took from being a shepherd and made a king. In 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, we've seen him struggle uh, as God's chosen king through the danger of Goliath, the threat of the awful king before him, Saul, the heartbreak of friendships separated and death, always bringing God's people into the promised land, into the city of Jerusalem. And David has shown himself on the way to be a man after God's heart, just as God had described him. And finally, after years of struggle, they've arrived in Jerusalem and the Ark, has been, the Ark of the Covenant, that is God's presence, has been brought into that city of Zion and it seems like God's people and God and the king have arrived at home and at rest. There's no more war. And he wants to know at this high point of God's, the history of God's people, 
David wants to know, is this the home rest that God promised Abraham even many more years before um, him with Abraham? Is this where God has finally made his people in God's place under his blessing and rule? So should he build a house for God to be at home and be at rest? And God's answer via Nathan, rather dispiritingly, is a gentle, no thank you but also that that home rest is to come. So God makes a promise to David. Can you see the content of that promise? Have a look with me at verses 9 to 5. We see God will, will give home rest to his people, but not yet. God will give home rest to his people, but not yet. See in verse 10. I will provide a place for my people. So despite having made God's people... And God bringing them out of Egypt and through the promised land. And with Joshua, they've actually taken the land and into Jerusalem for the first time. This Jerusalem and Israel is not actually the place for God's people. There's another place to come. God has a better place in mind. Continuing in verse 10. And I will plant God's people so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. It's a place that's better because it's a home of their own and not someone else's. They're not wandering about the place without a home as they have been in the past. It's a place of peace without disturbance. It's safe, secure, restful. God's promising this amazing place he's going to plant his people. And verse 10 continued, Wicked people shall not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. In particular, this is a place without oppression. Whether it's other countries or here specifically, the terrible leadership of God's people. If you go back in history from here, back even further than where Karen is, Jesus, uh, David, and back even beyond that, you've got King Saul, who was terrible. You've got Eli, and then you get into the book of Judges, where one leader after another of God's people were awful. They always start well, and then they get carried away, not worshipping God. Evil and violence and invasion follows, and God is saying that that stuff will be a distant memory. You will have rest from all your enemies great david is king in god's promised land over god's people surely this is yet this is it and yet god says no the final home rest is still to come and god is the one who is going to provide it did you see that i will i will i will look at the news of israel and palestine hostages being reunited and sent home have you seen those pictures, those videos? It's an awful situation made better by that home rest as people get to go home. But it's in the context of both of those peoples and those places still being without any kind of rest, isn't it? That, that's what they all long for. And they hope that that specific geographical location will provide for them. But God says, no, I will provide somewhere. 
It's, it's sort of like a picture of us, isn't it? We work hard at making a home and resting in it, but in, it's in the context of being disturbed. There's warfare going on all around us, whether it's our own mess or our own relationships or the fight that we do with work or sickness. Will we ever see this home rest that's promised? What a disappointment it must have been for great David that it's not yet arrived. But weirdly, he ends up singing after this passage. Why is that? It's because how God will deliver that promise. The next bit is how God delivers that home rest. Have a look with it at verse 11 onwards. How that promised rest is coming, it's through great David's greater son. Great David's greater son is going to provide it. This is a bit of a kick in the guts for David, but he ends up celebrating because it's so wonderful. It means he won't see this final rest in his lifetime, but verse 11 onwards reminds us that God will deliver it by someone from his line. It's a bit like a game of guess who. As I read this, see if you can guess who it is. And bear in mind, this is a thousand years before Jesus turns up. Here we go. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. So that is someone who doesn't have an ordinary family tree like you and I, but comes from great King David's family tree. Continue, your own flesh and blood. So not an idea, not a movement, not a government, but a person with flesh and blood. Carry on. And I will establish his kingdom. His kingdom won't be established by a sword or a rifle or a tank. It will be established by a person. He is the one who will build a house for my name. Uh, his life endeavor, this person's life endeavor, will be all about God's name and not himself. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. God will make this ruler last forever. Not 30 years, not four years. In ancient Near Eastern, oh, uh, because this great son of David will last forever. That means he won't die. He's not going to be buried. Verse 14, I will be his father and he shall be my son. God will be his father and this guy who delivers God's promises will be his son. In ancient Near Eastern terms, highly favoured by God. You say, I'm the son of God, means I'm highly favoured, but actually also related. And this is weird, isn't it? When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands but my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. He will be punished for wrongdoing by rod and flogging by men, but he will never be unloved by God, never rejected by God, weirdly, unlike all the other leaders that have come before. Uh, and that's who we've been, been thinking about in verse 11, isn't it? The guys who've been hopeless before. And guess what? That will result in an eternal kingdom. Verse 16, your house and your kingdom, David, through this great son who's going to come, shall endure before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Do you see, this person coming will establish an eternal kingdom that never ends. And it's before God himself in his presence. 
So at one of the high points of the history of God's people finding their home rest, who do we find will deliver that final home rest according to God? It's Jesus, isn't it? Surely it's Jesus. He's the only one who's a descendant of David, flesh and blood, who who establishes a kingdom that's not by sword, that builds a house for God's name and not for himself, who, who lasts forever, who gets punished for wrongdoing, the rod and the flogging, and yet is still loved by God. I mean, I couldn't, you couldn't make this up, could you? A thousand years before Jesus came. Great David's greatest son is Jesus. And so Matthew chapter 1 opens with those words. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, that's God's promised king, the son of David. The son of Abraham. Verse 17. Thus there were 14... There's a whole list of names there. You think, why is that there? It's seriously boring. But then verse 17 says, Thus there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, and 14 from David to the exile in Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah, God's promised king, that is Jesus. Matthew is drawing a straight line for us between Jesus and David, and on to the home rest promised by God to Abraham. And David, back to Jesus again. It's going backwards and forwards. You know that home rest that we long for. You know great David's great son who will bring it. Here, here it is. Here it is. A thousand years before Jesus is Jesus. And that produces the kind of response in David that we see in those hostages getting to go home. Like they're just thrilled. They're so excited. That must be the, I don't know what it must be like when someone tells you, when someone tells them that you know that home rest that you're longing for and you're waiting for in your prison, the person you've been longing for and waiting for to take you home is here. Just walk out the door and get on the bus and you're on your way. That would just be amazing, wouldn't it? You'd be hard to believe. We might be bewildered about the Middle East and longing for peace. You might be longing for rest yourself and exhausted trying to find it, trying to make it happen like David here in his own time and his own way by building the temple. You might be wondering uh, with God, where is this peace, God? When is it? Well, good news is you're right to turn to God for that because he's promised he will provide that peace. It is coming. We don't grow disillusioned. It is going to happen. And, and you say, but how does God say peace and that home rest is going to happen? How is it delivered? There's always been one answer for thousands of years before he came and thousands of years after he rose from the dead to show his kingdom last forever. God's home rest comes through Jesus Christ. Without him, we will not see his home rest any more than if one of those detainees or hostages in Israel refused to get on the Red Cross bus that would take them home. Great David's great son delivers home rest. So what does that mean for us? Listen, if you're here today and you trust in humanity or something that's not Jesus, let me tell you, humanity does not have the answer. The problem of our home rest not working is that we can't make it happen. David here is trying to make it happen by building the temple. And he's trying to do it in his time and in his way. And actually, he can't make it happen because of his sin. Do you know what the next time that Nathan speaks to David is going to be? Is to say to Nathan, Nathan, you have committed adultery with someone else's wife 
and you tried to cover it up by killing them, killing the husband. That's what we're like, isn't it? We might not have committed uh, adultery or violence to try and cover it up, but David's sin means that he's not the answer. He's part of the problem. And so too with us, with all of humanity, we can't make home rest in our time and our way because of our sin. We need Jesus to take that sin away by dying on the cross for us so we can have rest from it and never be disturbed by the enemy, the wicked enemy again. Never be oppressed by sin as we wait to be brought to his kingdom. You've got to have Jesus. Humanity doesn't have the answer. It's part of the problem. If you're a Christian today, turn your cynicism to joy. Set your expectations right of the perfect Christmas home rest. Don't be surprised we can't do it this Christmas and that it's not perfect. Only Jesus can make it perfect, and he will one day. And so when it does go wrong at Christmas, thank God that he is going to sort it out one day with him. If you're young here today, listen, I want you to know that life is hard. Our culture tries to tell you life's fine. It's not. Life is hard, and before long, if you're not already, you'll be longing for that home rest. If if you're not already, a place of rest. You've got a place of rest coming. It's not a brief experience abroad. It's better than that. And you've got that, you want, you'll be, want to be find my people where I feel at home. That's what you'd be thinking. Even if you find people like you, they will eventually only show up the restless bits of you like a mirror and the messy bits of you like a mirror. And even if you do try and find rest in them, whether it's in a romantic relationship or friendship, they will one day die and go. God's people is the best bet and Jesus is the best bet because we are all following God's promised king to home rest. We're all on his bus going back to his rest. It won't be plain sailing and it won't be instant, but it will be worth it because you're on the bus with Jesus heading to home rest with him. So keep your eyes on him. If you're suffering or grieving today, look, God is faithful. He will do it. He will grant us rest because he has already done so much from Karen to Jesus, Jesus to us. All the promises that he's kept, the promise of the cross, despite our sin, despite the cost, despite the impossibility of defeating death, he will provide rest in Jesus because his promises are unstoppable. So hang on to him in your suffering, in your grief, in your pain. He will give you what you need Just wait for that rest. We're sad to hear of Joe's death, but it's also tinged with joy because she was on the lead bus back to Jesus and that home rest. And she has arrived now and she is enjoying that home rest with him. That's brilliant. If you're not a Christian here today, Christmas is a restless picture of our own restless hearts trying to manufacture home rest or having failed to manufacture it uh, you know, we just sort of, oh, we see our own efforts blowing it up and we sort of grow totally cynical and depressed. Well, look, here is hope outside of us for the rest you are looking for. Great David's great son, God's promised king. Receive Jesus as your king. Follow him. He's a, he is leading us to that home rest which starts now and lasts forever. Feel that rest when you stop trying to make it happen in your own power and let Jesus Christ give it to you in the forgiveness of sins, a new start, reconciliation with friends, a new loving community, a wonderful future.
Listen, personally, for me, <laughs> I woke up the other night. It feels really easy to get lost in Christmas. So I recently wake up in the middle of the night. This is a new one for me because I've got the desire to oversee the perfect suite of church Christmas events. And I get lost in trying to manufacture that with my time uh, and what I do at home. Uh, I'm trying to make that home rest at church. And, and instead, I'm not resting. I'm up in the middle of the night worrying about it. I've got lost. I've forgotten I'm on the bus home with Jesus. All I've got to do is look at him driving the bus and driving my life and our life as a church. And I do that by praying, by reading the Bible, remembering a Bible verse, by talking to you guys about how great he is. And I think, yep, Christmas may be a mess, but we'll be there soon. Let's not get lost in Christmas in the restlessness of manufacturing at home, but instead let's rest in the joy of seeing great David's great son is taking us home. Should we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you, Lord, are so clearly imprinted upon the whole salvation history of God's people, and that gives us such encouragement to trust your promises now. Even though our little hearts are desperate, Lord, to try and make this stuff happen, we know that you've promised that you will provide it, not us. We know that you've promised you'll provide it in Jesus, not in the things that we run to to make that home rest. And so bless us, Lord, I pray, as a community of your loved children and those who are seeking you out to turn to you, to see you driving the bus, driving our lives, to give our lives to you in joy and thanksgiving like David did so that we might wait for that home rest. Bless us, Lord, I pray. Amen.